I'm very pleased to welcome on our next guest. Uh, she was elected as the MPP for Hamilton Center in Queens Park back about a year ago. Uh, at this time, she left the NDP caucus last fall and now sits as an independent MPP. And we want to get to some of the issues uh, she's eager to talk about this morning. But this is her first chat in some time, and we welcome on Sarah Jama, independent MPP for Hamilton Center. It's nice to have you on our show, and I appreciate you doing this. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, absolutely. I want to get to a lot of what's coming at Queen's Park. You've got motions to be tabled, and I I think they're really important motions, and I want to amplify them. But you can imagine, a lot of people are... Are, they know your name and there's been a lot and you've been through a lot. And uh, and some of it, I think, has been really fair criticism. Some of it has been really unfair to you. So you can imagine there's a lot of questions people want answered, right? Absolutely. So we go back to the fall and I want to know you, you left the NDP caucus and you were kicked out of the NDP caucus. Is there anything that you would do over again? Do you chalk this up to misunderstanding? Do you chalk this up to how fired up all of us got after October 7th? There was a lot of emotion. What do you see and what would you do differently, if anything? That's a really good question. Um, before I get really into it, I know that I'm speaking to a Toronto audience. I don't do radio that much, but I also just I want to take a second to introduce myself. My name is Sarah Jama. I'm an organizer from Hamilton, Ontario. To even run for the NDP to be an MPP, my friends and I signed up 600 members to take over the nomination process. So I want to be very clear that I come from a history of organizing in my community very deeply. I have a lot of trust in my community very deeply for what I stand for. You were talking about medical assistance and dying earlier. I was yeah. one of the leading voices against the expansion of Track 2, and I testified at Senate. I've been on the federal executive of the NDP. I've co-managed the successful campaign of Narendra Nan, the first woman of color to be elected in my city. I've been around for some time in political spaces, and I was also a sessional instructor at McMaster University, where I developed a course on disability justice. So I just want to root this conversation in yes. Uh, My statement four months ago was chaotic. Yes, I'm a new member, but I also was playing into a moment of, do I want to say something because it's meaningful, or do I want to play political calculus when everybody could see the writing on the wall that genocide was about to happen? And I did wait for three days. I did try to speak to people that I trust within caucus about what to do. And this this statement that I put up calling for a ceasefire, I think four months later, shows that if everybody had called for what I was calling for four months ago across the province, across the country, maybe maybe we could have done something. Maybe less people would have died. But I'm sitting here yeah. being asked the question, would I, be, would I have done something differently on the heels of over 30,000 people being massacred, right? And so my, my answer to that truthfully is the thing I regret the most is the amount of airtime that my decision to put up a statement took. Um, it took away from Palestinian voices that should have been centered. Media was coming to me in droves rather than trying to center the actual conflict to talk about me painting a post about something that was important about something that people in my writing yeah yeah uh, me over and over and over again about with family under the rubble like people who i know uh, and so i i just want to say all that to say i i don't think i would have done that differently i think it was a matter of um not willing to wait for the right number of people to die before saying something. I, I hear what you're saying. I, I think, and you know this perception was there. Some people saw your social media posts in the aftermath of October 7th, and they read it as celebrating what happened on October 7th. And that's how they read it. And I, and, and you understand that that's how they read it. I can, listen, I'm, I'm one of the youngest people to be elected 
in the province. I'm the, one of the few Muslims to be elected there. I sat through listening to eight hours of debate, likening me to terrorist sympathizers on the heels of people being genocided. And I think there's a lot of anti-black rhetoric and Islamophobic rhetoric, even in the framing of, you know, me being celebratory because I went to a march or me being celebratory because I tried to get people uh, to, to slow down and say, look, there's context here when we're talking about the region. Not only that, everybody knows over the course of the election, Brian Lilly and people like that, media were relentless sure, in harassing sure. me on my stance on Palestine. It wasn't new. And the fact that this was being called celebratory on the heels of what was about to happen, on the heels of the Rafa border being closed, on the heels of people being without food and water, I think is right. ridiculous. And has but something to do with me being Muslim and me being black in those not, cases. See, Sarah, if I, if I was managing you and I said, Sarah, people care what you think. You got a lot of influence. And, and it's again, it's really important what you advocate for. And I want you to have that power when you advocate. But if I, if I was your advisor, and this is me saying this, I would say, I'm worried some of what you'll have up here will be misinterpreted. And then we'd have that conversation. And that wouldn't be that wouldn't be anti-black. That wouldn't be anti-Muslim. I'm just trying to I know how politics works. I know the benefits of it. I know the flaws of it. And you certainly do now, too. But that would be me advising you to say to say, let's hold off on this. Let's frame it a different way. But that's I think even in that conversation, media is always hesitant to read what I actually put up. Like we can talk about the actual statement. It calls for a ceasefire. It call it 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 calls for politicians yeah. to question the use of settler colonialism in these conversations. And it called for Palestinian rights to be centered in a time where every other elected official in the country was calling for Israel's right to defend itself and look what happened. So I understand I respect your political advice and and i did talk to people within the caucus too and people know my stance and it's it's just a matter of like look at the end of the day if everybody had gotten on the same page on the ceasefire things would look very 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 different today here's how i read you i want to reset for our audience we're talking to sarah jama independent mpp for hamilton center and and i'm hoping you got extra time because i do i want to let you go there but i do want to get to a couple other questions and i want to get to the important motions um you table we both feel pretty bad if we didn't get there but I, I think about you like this. Uh, I, I understand if someone said the controversial MPP, you kind of roll your eyes and you're like, I'm a person like everybody else. I, we don't have to agree on 20 things out of 20 to see eye or uh, to see eye to eye on 15 or 16 of them. But I often mm-hmm. look at you, Sarah, and I think, would you be better served uh, because of your independence, because of your um, of your your the streak that you have to say things that maybe others won't? Was party politics the best call? I could see you as a city councilor. I could see you as a mayor of a town. And because that way you're you're only holding to the the people and the public. Did you have to do things you didn't want to do in a party system? And did that cramp your style, if you will? And I could see again, I could see other people understanding why you went too far. And I see you saying, hey, this is who I am. I see both sides. There's, there's no... I don't think it's a matter of just being able to do whatever I want. And I think even that framing has been constantly infantilizing. There have been times in the past where I've been told to delete tweets and I did it. I was asked to stay away from the provincial convention in my riding and I did it. I was asked to stay away from the center debate and I did that. Like, I don't want to get into the nitty gritty. And I, I do think provincially is where I want to be provincial politics. And I do hope that there's a pathway to reentry into the party someday. Like, these are not decisions that I made, nor were they made uh, with 
consensus, I think, or real conversation. I think provincially, I care about healthcare, education, I care about ODSC. I'm going to be tabling two motions, and I'm actually heading to a press conference with ODSC Action Coalition right now to talk about that good work. I'm meant to be here provincially, and just because... Like, I come from a generation where sometimes we don't always do the political calculus in the same way of centering white voices, of centering the comfortable voices. It doesn't mean that I'm wrong and I don't belong in these spaces. And again, I want to reiterate, I had one of the most successful membership drives on the heels of uh, the nomination that has happened in this province in a couple of weeks. There are people across Hamilton Center, but across this province who agree with me and who are looking for a political home. And I want to bring that energy back into these spaces, and I will continue to do so. We're with uh, independent uh, MPP Sarah Jamov. She represents Hamilton Center, a former member of the NDP. So last thing I got before we get to the motion, Sarah, and I appreciate you hanging on. I want to know what you think goes too far during a protest. I'm all for protesting. I'm all for understanding these issues. And, and I think we've all had our moments where we've gotten it right and we've had our moments we've, where we've gotten it wrong. But I bring it up, Sarah, because I've seen things um, that I don't like to see. I've seen I, I've heard from parents saying, you know, my 19 year old works at the Eaton Center and she was petrified by a protest or old people being yelled at going to Olivia Chow's skating party. And I know what we'd agree on about what's happening that's atrocious and awful in the Middle East. But but I'd say this, if someone, let's say someone's struggling to make ends meet with grocery prices and they can't put food on the table, I wouldn't scream at them that two billion people on the planet are starving. Like both things can be true. How do we get to a better place? How do we separate those two? We have to listen to each other. And I want to know what you think goes too far. Yeah, I do hear you. Like, you're asking this question on the heels of the prime minister of this country getting angry or, or, you know, giving condolences to a hospital that was protested by Spider-Man who was holding a Palestinian flag. Like, people are showing up in droves to do what they can with the power that they have, the little power that they have, which is to march in the streets to draw attention to their people, like literally their family members being under the rubble or being missed. Like missing or being killed. And the place that all the Palestinians have been told to go for safety, Rafa, is now being attacked. This We're watching yeah. ethnic cleansing lots. So if people can do all they can, which is just take the streets to peacefully protest, they've been to many of these protests, they're all peaceful, Like they should be able to do that. But the framing by politicians like the prime minister who got angry about this Spider-Man person climbing the Mount Sinai Hospital, and I was there, I mean, nobody was protesting the hospital. It's simply on a route. Like, I think politicians need to take care to understand that we have a lot of power when we're talking about these subjects. And so when we weigh in, it can't be from the place of pro-clutching or self-centering, like center Palestinian voices always. And I will say, I got so many death threats. I got so many death threats by people being so angry. I got race threats. I got emails. You don't see me posting about it online. I went into hiding. I took care of myself. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm trying really, really hard to just center the conflict uh, and not center myself and my own safety. It is important to talk about, but I think we're often, when it comes to people of color, we center respectability and say, you need to be doing things the right way. They're being told they can't take the streets. They're being told they can't, like... What can people do here? I think there's been a lot of, but I think there's been a lot of leeway given the protests. I, I think that there has, like I, I've seen it in Toronto. I don't know what it's been like in well, Hamilton. I've Honestly, seen, I've, I've seen everything. 
every single, I've seen every single police force come up and say Israel has the right to defend itself and say that, basically insinuate that Palestinians who were peacefully protesting are a threat. I've seen these protests likened to celebration and Hamas supporting, which isn't true as well. People are grieving and people yeah. are doing what they can to call attention back home. And the media has been very dangerous in the framing of this, these peaceful protests. And, and I'm not here for it. I think the yeah, I think the media. We all don't work in the same building. I, I I've seen it in some media, and I I will tell you, I've done my best to to look at at all sides of this issue. And there aren't just two sides. There isn't one side and the other because this has you know the Middle East era. It's got a ton of complexities to it. I want to get to your emotions because we got about three so minutes does left. Europe. So does Canada. Of course, you know, like- yes, that's life. It's complex. I gotcha. <laughs> Tell me about what you're uh, what you're putting on the floor of Queens Park today. And again, I think it's important. We need what someone like you does. We absolutely do. So, what are you putting on the floor today? Thank you. And I'm recognizing that I only. I just want to clarify for everybody listening. I only came on to do this interview because I wanted to talk about these motions and the work that I'm doing forward. It is not my intention to use media as an HR tool, as it's been used so okay. far. And I don't like talking about these things. I think we should just move on, and I want to do good work. So with that being said, I'm very excited to be collaborating with ODSP Action Coalition. I had them draft with me two motions. One is to tie the housing benefit of ODSP and OW to the average rent in the area that you live in, because it's not enough to say we should just arbitrarily increase social assistance. Like It needs to be tied to market rent, or people will still be evicted who are living on ODSP, which is happening in my city. Um, Hamilton Center is the poorest riding in the province. Um, and, and we need supports. And so the second motion that we're tabling today as well is has to do with making sure that you don't get clawbacks if you're someone on ODSP just because you got married, which is the case. You, you stand to lose about like half your income. And so many people, 90% of people on ODSP are not like are single. And that's yeah. part of it, right? People can't build meaningful, intimate personal lives because of these policies. And so I'm just looking to work with ODSP Action Coalition and other groups to, to really address the root issues with social assistance programs in Ontario. Um, I also released a tr- strategic plan um, where I'm going to be focusing on air quality in my riding. I ha- we have some of the worst air quality issues in all of Hamilton um, and, and other issues. I'll be collaborating with organizations that will directly work with me to write motions and table them. You're talking about moving forward. So how do we get there in Queens Park? I disagree with the censure uh, motion, and I said so the next morning. It should be pointed out that some of your friends in the NDP caucus strongly disagree. They all voted against it. So how do we get your voice as prominent as every other single MPP, Sarah? Uh, and I got that's the last question I got time for, but tell me what you're hoping for. Look, we're in a majority government where uh, the Ford government doesn't really tend to listen to anybody except for themselves anyway. So I'm not too sad that, uh, sure, he censured me, they censured me, it's fine, I'm fighting it in court, and I will continue to fight that in court, and I'm very hopeful of that process. In the meantime, I'm going to use every single mechanism in the Legislative Assembly to still be present and active, like tabling motions, like talking to allies in that space. To, to work with me to, to move and to debate motions if I can't do that myself. But I'll also be very active in committee. I'm able to speak in committee, uh, and that's where you get into the nitty-gritty of policy work anyway. Um, I can speak and I can vote in committee, and I'll be doing that. And I can still vote in the House on issues that are important to people in my riding. The center was a mechanism to make an example of me that people shouldn't be weighing in on important issues. Yeah. And I don't hide, and I'm not afraid, and I'm going back on February 20th. 
Well, I appreciate it. And by the way, we need, you know, uh, again, we should be teaching all our kids in school how to take uh, courses on talking to people that you agree with on some things and disagree on others. We've lost the plot in our society on that. So we got to go to places. We got to ask each other tough questions and, and keep it as balanced as we can be. And I appreciate you doing that on our show today. I really do. Thank you so much, Greg. I appreciate it, too. First radio interview on this. All right. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Thank you. I'm happy to be your first. Sarah, Th- Sarah Jamma, thanks very much. And I wish you the best. Bye. Thank you. There's Sarah Jamma joining us on Toronto Today. She's an independent MPP for Hamilton Centre.